the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. It calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is. The head cheese meister. It's woo, Spud Goodman. Greetings. I go by the name of Spud. Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> and welcome, one and all, to our ongoing radio experiment. We we really can't guarantee you'll be totally mesmerized by what you're about to hear, but I will say this. It'll have to be more entertaining than, say, listening to a neighbor of mine who will remain anonymous complain about wives number two and three leaving him because of his appreciation for anime. I guess wife number one left him because of hygiene issues. But anyway, I've had to listen to him drone on and on about the price he's paid for his love of anime, and it just gets a bit boring after a while. So I know how much more pleasant it is to listen to stuff that will not put you to sleep. With that in mind... I now need to introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give everyone a small sample of your state-of-the-art oh, skills. Okay, uh, will it gefossifice? Sure. <laughs> okay, then. Wow. Yes. Okay, and now I need to formally acknowledge our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. A- acknowledge my acknowledgement, please. Oh, uh, okay, very well. I am now acknowledging your acknowledgement. Hey, I, I thought you were going to... Put on your game face and suck it up for the show. Well, you need to turn that frown upside down, man. Come on, let let's see a smile. I think the reason why is I've just been like so unhappy. Okay, all right. Uh, how about this? Will this do? <laughs> yeah, it works for me, but I don't think the listeners are gonna buy it. Smiling. You need to be a bit more professional here. Letting your personal life impact this show is not okay. All right. Well, yeah. Well, first we agreed not to discuss my. Uh, situation here on the show. You said... Look, I have I... rethought that, and it is clearly in the best interest of our audience to be brought up to speed on your current situation. You know, as long as you're not as boring as my neighbor... Good call, yo. Well, yeah, but how about what's in my best um, interest, yes, Bud? Bud, I'm picking up here that it would be best for you to respect Gerald's privacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but then, Dorothy, you may be right, I but am. there's a chance, too, that you are not. And it might uh-uh. be in everyone's best interest for Gerald here to share what is a very, very common problem for men in today's <sighs> world. I mean, like I said, my neighbor still drones please, on about please, his... Please, please, you know, listen, Spud, do not compare my marital situation with your neighbors. First off... I'm still married, and I have never, ever looked at anime. I don't think so. I mean, whatever the heck that is. He sounds like a very disturbed man to me. You know, there are a ton of guys more into drawings of women than real live ones. Wait, what? I don't know about that. Anyway, I'm going to agree it's a bit different, but who are we to judge? That's something we need to keep in mind, Um. okay? Just just keep that in mind. But anyway, are, are you uncomfortable sharing that... You're now staying with me at my apartment. I don't 
Why well, should you be? I mean, you're not the first guy to be kicked out by his wife and have no. to beg a friend to let him crash at this place. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not a big deal. It's temporary, first off. And I'm going to be back home in a day or two. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Maybe a week at the most. So please, don't give the listeners the impression that I'm a single man now, okay? Rachel and I just need a short time out. After 20 years of marriage, you know, things tend to build uh, up. Tell me and about I, it. I've had a bunch of timeouts over the years. <laughs> I know. Before, that was before the divorces. Um, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I'm sure a buttload of guys in the audience can feel your pain. Seriously. Gerald, do you have a decent attorney? I know a guy who might be able to help you what? out. Well, should it come to that? He handled my will. And I think he said on his card that he handled divorces, too. No, y- you guys. I'm not getting divorced, okay? Okay. I, I'm, I'm just giving my wonderful wife a little break, and there's nothing to be concerned hey, hey, with. Hey, Dorothy, do you I, still have that card from your lawyer? I, I do. I, I really should get a will done, too. I, I'm thinking of leaving all my stuff to this little kid in my apartment building. He, he calls me Mr. Goodman. Uh-huh. I mean, and not just like old man. He's uh-huh. a neat kid. But you won't have to put up with me much longer. Yes! I, I don't want to overstay my welcome. Well, it's, it's been three days, and that ship is kind of sailed, uh-huh. dude. Anyway, right uh-huh. now, I need to introduce our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later on in the program. This is a treat for me. Here are the Moberlies. I met her on a beach down at Indianola. She was my girl, and she tickled my shoulder. in the city and I'm feeling like a loner she was the only one who gave me a boner at the country fair
is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, this is Mike Tyson. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, Spud, uh, one of your favorite all-time guests, Ed Asner, is on the line for you. Yes! Okay, I, w- I was hoping he had a few minutes to check in. He has a new book out titled, uh, I mean, the title, it's really long, I wrote it down here, but um, it, it should be required reading for all those, you know, blood and soil a**s. I mean, it's all about that Constitution thingy. Uh, you know, though, as you know, Mr. Asner is way too liberal for me. I did really enjoy the Mary Tyler Moore show and later Lou Grant. Both very fine TV yes, shows. Yes, they were. But Ed is more than you know some dude who's won seven Emmy Awards in his career. That's pretty incredible. Uh, the man has also been a big proponent for social justice. The kind of stuff that makes all those alt-right dudes flip out. Yeah, you know, I keep hearing that term alt-right, but w- what does that really mean? I, like, I'm on the right, are they saying they want a new, cooler right wing? It's going to be a thing of beauty. Uh, I don't know. They sure do like to march and look all scary, you know, but I'm pretty sure they'd pee their pants if you asked them to, you know, say that crap alone by themselves and without a cheap-ass torch. You ever notice that they don't march in, like, Detroit or East L.A.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Just put them on. Here he is. Please welcome someone who we consider a good friend of this show, the legendary actor, Mr. Ed Asner. Thanks much for coming back on our little radio program. Well, I certainly have a lovely time coming back. Absolutely, man. So, yeah, yeah, you've written a new book along with uh, writer-producer Ed Weinberger titled The Grouchy Historian and Old-Time Lefty Defends Our Constitution Against Right-Wing Hypocrites and Nutjobs. Great title, Ed. Did you or the publisher come up with that title? I think they did. That was a good, yeah, it's a good one. All right, you know, it, it, it's a because my grouchiness is is benign. It's sweet. It's lovely. And when you meet Ed Weinberger, then you realize what a real grouch is like. All right. Well, um, I bet you could hold your own with him. Now, let's just put it that way. Huh? He he puts me to the test all the time. All right. So so when do you think the right-wing media machine officially took over ownership of the U.S. Constitution? I mean, they seem to have learned how to play the I'm more American than you card really, really well. They did it since the Founding Fathers. Or at least since, uh, uh, what, what is it, uh, 1786? Probably the dawn of 1800. Okay. All right. You know... I, They've acted like they've owned it ever since. Yeah. Well, over the years, you know, they've successfully transformed the word liberal into a pejorative term. I mean, I mean, we've had to rebrand ourselves into progressives or whatever, but why do we have to change our labels and they don't? It just seems like they control the name-calling game with our current president, the all-time leading name-caller. What do you think? They run the show. I mean, Trump talks about fake news. Fake news is the, is, is the fake reality. The reality is that the idea of socialism... Is a forbidden word in this country, and yet those very acts of socialism that FDR instituted saved this country, saved the people. Uh, Spud. Yeah. I, well, I was taught by my parents that FDR destroyed this country with all those giveaway programs he put into law. Uh, hey, Ed, just a sec. 
I'm pretty sure history would disagree with your parents, with all due respect. Uh, are they on social security right now? Uh, I, I, I believe so, but you, you know uh -huh. what? They, they don't share their financial business with me. I, I did hear my mom say she was happy there was a cost of living increase in their check next year. Uh, are they on Medicare? Uh, yes, they are. Uh -huh. and, and that is a great program, especially with that Plan D benefit that President Bush gave to the seniors. Yeah, yeah. And it might have had some something to do with him winning re-election in 2004. Well, I, think? Don't, I don't want to interrupt your conversation with Ed, but I wanted to point out that socialist programs are not what America is about. I'm just saying. Right. Now let me get back to Ed. Okay, I'm back. Now where was I? Oh, yeah. No shit. Yeah, you know, um, Social Security and, like, Medicare, uh, those kind of dirty socialist programs, you know, they're kind of popular, you know? Ain't there the truth? Yeah, yeah. Because they benefit people. Yeah, I guess that's it. Wow. Jeez. Okay, well, the Second Amendment has uh, clearly been co-opted by the gun industry. Duh. I mean, we all know that. But how have we gone for protecting the right of the people to take up arms against the government with, you know, single-fire muskets with, when tyranny arises to now wacko stockpiling semi or, or automatic weapons for their own end-of-days deal? How did we get here? Because a constant feeding the mother's milk of money feeding to legislators making all of them rich all of them protected by their own health care they don't give a goddamn what what happens to other people yeah i know i know um well so that first amendment thingy it's kind of getting harassed right now by Donald Trump saying that we need to place controls over media organizations that put out critical stories of him. You know, the fake news, as you were referring to. Um, what do you think our founding fathers would say to him if they were around right now? No way, Jose. Yeah, short but sweet, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and actually, he would say that because the existing media, what truth there is in it, is really calling a description of him as to what he does and is. And he's glaring. Okay, well stated. Well, but how, taking it further, a step further, how do you see this whole Trump presidency playing out? And I have hopes he'll be devoured by his own party led by the Senate, but I'm just dreaming probably. Well, how do you see this thing going? Well, I hope... You know, you, you keep waiting for the messenger, Mr. Mueller to come forth and deliver us from evil. And so far, he hasn't done a goddamn thing except talk. He hasn't produced evidence yet for us to get rid of Donald the Clown. Donald the Clown, that's a, that's a kind way to put him. All right, describe him. Um, but, you know, the thing I was thinking about, he really wasn't kidding about his supporters not caring if he, he did shoot someone on Fifth Avenue in New York. Because, I mean, that they have more intense love for him than Beatlemania was. I mean, does it, does it ever creep you out how blindly loyal they are to him? Well, they've been hiding under their rocks all this time, waiting for somebody like Donald to come along. Now he's come along, so they came out from under the rocks. Uh, what's what's to worry about is when we get rid of Donald, will they go back under the rocks, waiting for another champion to come down from the hills and save them? Well, in your political lifetime, you've seen a few of these uh, characters, right? From George Wallace and flipping. I can go back way back, but I mean, you've seen a few, right? Yeah, but 
they never got elected. And those that did get elected that bordered on insane had enough sanity left that they didn't dare pull the stunts that Donald is attempting to pull. How do you think he gets away with it, Ed? How do you, re- I mean, I'm, I just I can't figure it out. Flashing his checkbook constantly. And thank God, with the assaults on him and the suits on him, that checkbook is getting exhausted. So, you know, that's a great way to look at it. We'll just keep doing this until we exhaust his checkbook. Yeah. The guy's so damn cheap, though, he charges everything to other people. That's the only thing that bugs me about him. But That's true. All right. Well, you know, I know you've got so many things going on right now, so I'm not. I'm gonna, you know, let you go because I don't want to bother you too much. But I want to. Oh, rem- never let me go. Okay. Well, okay. I I, I don't want to let you go, but I, I know you, there's time constraints. So I want to remind everyone again that you have a new book out, co-written with Ed Weinberger, titled "The Grouchy Historian and Old Time Lefty Defends Our Constitution Against Right Wing Hypocrites and Nut Jobs." It's available everywhere right now. Um, hey, we we love you. I hope you know this. So you just take care of yourself, man. I will. And people like you help take care of me. Well, we'll do our best. Like I said, that love Thank is real. You. All right, Mr. Ed Asner. Thank you. My best friend, John. I really like my best friend, John, even though sometimes he begs me to mow his lawn. He could mow it himself, but he would rather hang out with our friend, Ron. I think that's because this guy says he knows that really hot skier, Lindsey Vaughn. He says he FaceTimes her all night until dawn. Maybe I would believe it if it was Jessica Hahn. I really like my best friend, John, but at times he can be a selfish jerk who often excludes me from having fun with him and Ron. I don't like that. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. He had no money. He had no sense in his brain. He was Spud Goodman, but that didn't get in his way. He was a blind receiver on the wall of shame. And all the people joined in, because they liked how he swayed. They swayed like this. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, getting back to your temporary bachelor status, do you yeah, have any yeah. other friends that you can maybe crash with? I don't want to, you know, say that you have to leave today, but I won't lie. You know, staying at my place is putting a cramp on my love life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry about that, Spud. I, I wasn't aware you were seeing anybody right now. I, I can make myself scarce if, oh. you know, you need to have a friend over. Oh, well, in my day, we had a system for this problem. Do you want to know how my roommates and I dealt with only having one bedroom? Any. Meany, miny, 
that that won't be necessary, Mrs. Jarvis. Fine, Spud. Can I? I I, well, I I can make other arrangements if you need me to. I don't want you to worry about well, it. Do you have any other friends you can stay with? Well, I don't, but it, it won't be necessary uh, as I plan on returning home soon. L- listen, like I mentioned to you earlier. L- listen, it, you can stay tonight and even tomorrow night if need be, but then you, you have to split. You know, Amber, you know, the woman everyone calls my stalker. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. coming over. Oh, brother. And uh, she's probably going to be there for at least a week as I'm currently romantically starved and it's the price I'm going to have to pay. So why pause to take a pill? Well, I would let you stay with me, Gerald, but my cat Louise hates men. Mm. She attacks male visitors rather viciously. Sorry. Uh, Well, my Mm. wife would never go for me staying with another woman, but thank you for offering. Uh Can I ask uh, just what pushed your wife to kick you out? It must have been something really heinous, right? Uh, It's all fake news. You never told me the reason. I'm not going to lay out my marriage issues here live on the air. That would not be appropriate. If I guess, will you at least nod your head? Did did you forget to kiss decently? Because I've heard that one myself. No no problems in that area, Spud. But can we change the subject, please? Are you a total slob around the home? No. No. That can't be, as you've been picking up around me in the apartment nonstop. And I must say, it's been rather nice. Yeah, you know, my wife and I have clearly delineated household chores. We've followed our to-do list since we got married, so... No, that, that's never been a problem. Well, I would have given anything for a man who cleans up after himself. And if he cleaned up after my mess too, well, of course, that would be my dream man. But I don't think those men exist. Yeah. <clears throat> How about money problems? That's often a deal breaker. But, I mean, I, I know you don't hang out at casinos because you'll never go with me. <laughs> D- did you invest, like, the family savings in some, like, lame real estate deal? No, I, our, our family finances are solid. Rachel handles everything, and the last statement she showed me, we're doing just fine. But, okay, so can we end this inquisition? Well, please? what about granny porn? Oh. I, I read about that. <laughs> or, okay, well... No, how... no you, you're wasting your time, Spud. I will never divulge what prompted this unfortunate temporary situation. Hell will freeze over. Yes, bud, you can move on. There's no way he's going to spill the beans. Thank you. Yeah, well, thanks a lot. Jeez, this show's about as interesting as clipping one's toenails. Too late, you know? And that's because of you. All right, just check and see if our next guest is ready to go. Sorry, yeah, and, and uh, uh, yeah, the guys on the board are telling me that your next guest, oh, Gretchen Carlson, is ready to speak with you. You know, can I say, I used to love to watch Gretchen on Fox and Friends every morning. Mm-hmm. When she left, it was a real disappointment. I mean, sure, Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade are still on the show, but it, it's not as good as it was with Gretchen. Uh, Yeah, well, she had a really good reason to leave Fox News over a year ago. You may have read about it. Heads are spinning. No, I didn't. I was always wondering why, because they never talked about it much on the show after she left. Yeah, Well, at Fox, this woman had to deal with what, you know, millions of other women face on a daily basis, an older dude trying to pull stuff that he, you know, would call the police on if it was against his own daughter or wife. Well, that is rather disturbing. Yep, and she has a new book out on this topic. Just put her through as I have some stuff I want to ask. Uh, You got it. Here she is. Welcome to the show, author and former cable news host Gretchen Carlson. Thank you for coming on our program. Great to be with you, Spud. Yeah, you know, in the past on this show, I have called you an American hero. 
I wanted to say that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Sud. Thank you so much. Yeah, you have a new book out titled Be Fierce, Stop Harassment, and Take Your Power Back. A timely topic for this period of time, but let's admit it, that it would have been timely since the dawn of man, and that, for the record, is like well beyond 6,000 years ago, because I'm betting even Adam might have tried to power trip Eve, not saying he was a lech, but, you know, it's all about power over others, basically, correct? Well, it really is, and sexual harassment is sometimes about sex, but usually it's about power. And the person who is the harasser knows that, and they try to take advantage of of a workplace situation. I mean, the real sad part about what happens usually to women is that you make this excruciating choice about whether or not you're going to come forward, and then you're going to face being called a liar and a troublemaker and worse, and pretty much have your career blow up in your face. And the women that reached out to me after my story broke, most of those women never worked in their profession ever again. So my question for people listening today is, do you want this for your kids? Do you want this for the next generation, this huge silent epidemic that's going on across every profession in our country? And my answer to that question with my 12 and 14-year-olds was a big fat no, and that's why I jumped off my cliff, and that's why I wrote this book, to empower women to come forward and have a voice. So when you went public, uh, did you get much support uh, you know, from your former colleagues in, in, in the media? Let's just put it that way. Well, I let, let's put it this way. You find out who your friends are. Um, I did get a tremendous amount of support from, from TV colleagues who uh, weren't particularly at my establishment. And actually, a lot of them were men. And I ended up writing an entire chapter in my book about men who defend. And this is one of the startling things was that there are so many men out there who are already doing great work to make sure that the workplace is a safe environment for women. It's just these random jerks that we got to get rid of. And so... We need men on our team. If we're going to do this collectively, we need men to turn from being enablers and being bystanders into being allies for us and help us to come forward for our daughters, for the next generation. You know, Spud, when I walk down the street on New York City, I actually get stopped by more men than women who want to shake my hand and say, thank you for my daughters. Right. And that's what this is all about. This is about changing the, the dynamic, this silent, pervasive academic, epidemic that we thought we had gotten better, but we haven't. Let's change it now for the future. Well, you know, there's something that you probably can't respond, but I gotta kind of got to say this, is that, uh, you know, sexual harassment is a bipartisan plague, but it just seems now with this, it's like a you know, political football. It's, it's uh, like... Uh, your former employer, you can't respond probably. They've gone 24-7 with coverage on the recent outing of, you know, the supreme sexual predator, Harvey Weinstein. But here's my here's my thing here. In, in I actually chance, can comment on that, Spud. I can okay. comment on that. I, that, is, that is 100% hypocrisy. Thank you. Listen, wouldn't it be so much more refreshing if news outlets could just say, hey, this happens with both parties, Republicans and Democrats. And this is what I've been saying since, since my story broke, Spud. When somebody harasses you, they don't ask you if you're a Republican or a Democrat, right? They just do it. And the same thing can be said for predators and harassers. You can be from both political parties. This is why I'm working so hard on Capitol Hill to get both parties together to change the laws with regard to sexual harassment and take it out of secrecy. Because this issue is apolitical. We should all care about this issue. And we should not be blaming and finger pointing and saying, oh, well, it's only the left or it's only the right. This is an issue for all Americans to fix. Right. Well, you know, this is just my take, but I, I think it might be a little bit of an attempt to deflect from the fact that 
uh, a number of their male employees, and I'm going to throw out their names for my listeners that if they're not aware, uh, such as, say, Bill O'Reilly, Eric Bowling, Charles Payne, um, and uh, maybe our, our current president. They have been accused of sexual misconduct, you know, in, in Mr. Trump's case by 12 different women. So, uh, yeah, I'm just saying, lastly, it's, a, it's definitely a bipartisan issue, but their viewers would hardly know this. I just, yeah, anyway, I want to throw that out. <laughs> I hear you. No, I 100% hear you. And by the way, I feature one of uh, Donald Trump's, President Trump's accusers in my book, Natasha Stoinoff, who was a People magazine writer. Right. And uh, tell tell her whole story, uh, you know, about what she says happened to her at the hands of the president. And I think that that's a really important national dialogue to have with your kids. I know that I had my kids listen to that Access Hollywood tape. They were only 11 and 13 at the time, but I wanted to show my kids how you don't treat a human being. Yeah. And I wanted them to know that human decency supersedes any political policy, in my mind. Right. And I'm, I'm glad that I showed them that, because instead of ignoring <laughs> some of these things that are going on in our culture, I think it's really important to let our kids know what's right and what's wrong. All right. Well, this this is something that I've noticed. It's, it's more of a commentary on uh, the attire of certain broadcast outlets. Why does one particular place uh, insist on their women dressing so differently than other women at other news outlets? Uh, could it be their demos, predominantly white males over 65, and they still prefer that, you know, that madman era cocktail party attire look? I just don't get it. And why don't the women just say no and just say, I don't want to wear, I'm going to wear some, a pantsuit or whatever, you know? Well, let me tell you something. My wardrobe has completely shifted. Uh, I love pants. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, I, I, and I don't get the lame leg angles, but that's, a, you know, they don't shoot the men the same way. This particular place, I don't know if you know the place I'm talking about, but they, yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't, anyway, all right, all right, let me move on here. Uh, say, Spud. Yeah. Well, I'm a white male under 65, and I will say that I appreciate the beauty of the women on that network you were talking about there. I, I feel they have the prettiest news team of any network. Uh, just a moment, Gretchen. Doesn't it make you feel a little bit creepy to say the word news and pretty together? I mean, if that's what you know, you're into, they have other pay cable channels for that. Don't go looking for hotness on a freaking news show. That's twisted and inappropriate. Well, we will have to agree to disagree. But let me say this. If Hillary Clinton had decided to wear a nice dress instead of those pantsuits, she might have won the presidency. Wait, wait. You try shaving your legs every day and see how you like it. Uh, and for the record, hashtag three million votes. Now let me get back to Gretchen, if you don't mind. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. This is my last question. You know, uh, and it's it's a broader one. It, it, with the current political divide, you know, it, it's it's pretty bad. It's, you know, it's probably as wide as it's been since the 1860s. Do you feel we even possess the capability to uh, assess responsibility for behavior within our own tribes? Because, you know, both parties have worked to elect their own sexual violators. Bill Clinton and Trump have, you know, both used their positions of power to prey on women in their careers. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So, two things. Uh, my 15 months since I've been away from doing television news, I've gained great perspective from watching all of my former competitors. And here's the advice that I would give to Americans to try and bridge this gap of divisiveness, which is watch something you don't agree with every once in a while. You know, people only watch what they want to hear, and, and therefore they continue to be brainwashed into just one side feeding into their brain. You know, watch something you don't agree with, and maybe you'll gain a new perspective. And number two, 
I am working hard on Capitol Hill to get a bipartisan bill to take the secrecy out of sexual harassment. And why is it so important to be bipartisan? Because I really believe that this will bring Americans together for and behalf on behalf of women. Can you imagine if if I can get this bill passed bipartisan and and we can make a difference and say, finally, we're going to get something done on Capitol Hill, and it's going to be about something good for women? Because Republicans and Democrats both need female voters. Right. And that's right. why I wrote this book, Be Fierce, is because I want to empower women, including myself, to keep fighting the fight to make a difference. So I'll keep you posted on that bill. I'm really optimistic that it's going to happen. Well, good luck with that. And on that other issue, I'm glued to that particular outlet. I don't know, I don't know why, but I'm, I don't know. Anyway, all right, well, I'm going to end this chat by reminding everyone again that you have a new book out titled Be Fierce, Stop Harassment, and Take Your Power Back. It's available everywhere. Thank you so much for checking in with us. Thanks for having me, Spud. Take Ms. care. Ms. Gretchen Carlson. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is a Spud Goodman Show. It's musical guest interview time. Please welcome a very fine group of musicians, one of the original Seattle bands back when there weren't record label people hiding in every corner of the city. Here are the Moberlies. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, hey how you doing? Hey, so gentlemen, please identify yourself and the instrument you have a relationship with. I'm Jack. I play the bass. Right. I'm, I'm Jim. I'm the guitar player and the front guy. I'm Bruce. I'm the other guitar player. And behind us, we have our drummer, Dave. All right. Super. I like the low, the low profile. I like that. All right. <laughs> um, so, Jim, you have a unique perspective of the music business, having experienced it from any and all possible angles, from Seattle to New York to Los Angeles. At this point in your career, what would be the first tip you would send out to aspiring musicians listening? Uh, learn how to tune your guitar. First thing. Okay. And, and besides that? Um, okay, that's okay. The second thing, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, don't do it unless you really love music. Okay, all right. I mean, really love music. Really love, yeah. Because you're on the road a lot, right? And it's not that glamorous, correct? You know, it is and it isn't. Uh, it's not dull either, so that's part of it. All right. Well, the rest of you guys, um, ha I'm sure you've read in the press that rock and roll is dead these days. Do you have, you know, you know, any response or a rebuttal to that? Bruce, what do you think? Well, it's not dead, but it's uh, it's definitely fragmented with the sheer number of people who have bedroom studios and other ways of getting their music onto the internet and stuff. There's like it's like a thousand people shouting at you, and it's hard to find the really good voices in the business, so to speak. Well, I don't get the death thing because I, I'm I, as far as I'm concerned, it's as vibrant as ever. I guess it's just how much you know time and attention you put into appreciating the the you know. The art form, and in, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it'll never die, but that's just my own editorial statement. Yeah. Right, let, let me hit you with this. Uh, what's the, the band's official position on eternal life? Now, not getting to heaven is that, you know, it would be later because you would have to, like, be dead. I'm talking about all the research going on to give at least the Koch brothers a couple hundred year run here on Earth. Any interest for you guys for hanging around for a long time? Eternal life. Uh, it, I, it would it would give me do me well to see those Coke brothers run and hide. Frankly, okay. How about that. I think those Coke brothers are doing a lot of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're Coke they're Coke Coke kings. Is that on the record? All right, it's, super. It says no no seriously. As far as as far as uh, we know, what I think about eternal life, uh, 
you know, I think that uh, music is eternal. Great music is eternal, and that's what that's what we're here for. Yeah, it does live on when we're when we're gone. It's well stated. All right. Well, my own take on that is when my time comes, I'm good. Because, I mean, who needs you know the hassle of all those extra years of Christmas shopping and getting those annual physicals, the coffee, and all that stuff that goes with it. Anyway. So um, the last thing I was going to ask you, speaking of, uh, of, you know, of us all passing on, I don't want to be totally morose here, but does anyone here have any interesting activities on their bucket list? Well, I'm going to go to India next year. But apart from that, just uh, getting ready to slowly ride off into the sunset. And I'm, I'm going to vacation with Dave over here in the Bahamas. Right. All right, super. All We're right, pick up some Bahama Mamas. Speaking of uh, <laughs> songs, what's the name of the next song? It's called "Lose Me." Ooh, let's let's uh, let's hear it. from the Runaways, and you are listening to the one and only Spud Goodman Show. Woohoo! Now. 
Hey, uh, Spud, your last guest, Ben Schwartz, is waiting to speak with you. Okay, this guy's really funny. Did you like him on Parks and Rec? He played Jean Ruffio. He killed it. No, Parks and what? I, I'm, I, I'm not familiar with the show. Uh, how about House of Lies on Showtime? He, he co-starred on that one. Showtime? No, 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 no. We do not subscribe to adult channels in our home. What the hell, yo? Well, as long as you're crashing in my place, you can watch Cinemax all night long if you uh, want, okay? Just put Ben through. Yeah, okay, here he is. Say hello to actor, comedian, and now author, Ben Schwartz. Thanks for coming on our show. Hey, man, and I hear you're based out of Seattle, right? That is correct. I mean, I was just there. I have a series of questions, if that's okay. May I? Yeah, go ahead. The, the gum wall. Now, is that gum that's always there, or do they, do they scrape off old gum and people put new gum on there? No, that would break the, the, the chain of history, so no, no, we try to, you know, to keep, keep the thing going over the centuries, yeah. Okay, it's amazing. It's one of the, one of the things I love the most. You're, I, you're so drawn by its beauty and at the same time disgusted that it exists. It's that's, incredible. That's right. Well, let me ask you a question about the damn book you, that you wrote. Um, it, sure. It's, it's part of your resume. Now you're an author, and the new book out uh, that you co-wrote with Laura Moses uh, is titled Things You Should Already Know About Dating, You f Idiot. So us f idiots that don't know f about dating, this book can help us, huh? Yeah, the whole idea is that Laura and I, Laura, who's a very, very funny person, we created a book of 100 tips to help you with dating because we think that nowadays millennials kind of are on their phones all day and don't know how to use their mouth words or don't know how to be polite or chivalrous in some certain situations. So we put 100 tips down. We wrote rudimentary drawings right next to it. And then we had a conversation between a girl and a guy talking about the tip uh, in like a funny way. So it's, it's our version of trying to get those tips out there uh, and also just make a comedic book. Oh, all right, super. Well, what, in your opinion, seems to be the biggest mistake guys repeat over and over when doing the dating thing? Is I can't seem to get past my opening line. How you doing? The conversation tends oh, to end right about you that. You do the Joey. You do the Joey Tribbiani friends way. Well, I just yeah. How you doing? It. Yeah, I just it's the only thing I got. But I'm guessing a guy needs a bunch of follow up material too, like asking if she's allergic to stuff or if she was ever into emo or trip hop. I mean, that's you've literally nailed the perfect date, saying, how you doing? Are you allergic to anything? Are you into emo? Or I mean, you nailed it. Yeah. Um, for, for me, I think one of the things that's going on, which makes it feel a little bit weird, is that there's so many dating apps right now, which can be great, but it makes people feel like human beings are almost disposable, that if one thing goes wrong, or if they're like, eh, I don't know about this person, they just immediately jump back on the app, and there's a thousand more people. There it's is. the first time ever that instead of just... You know, like my parents met each other because they both live in the Bronx and they passed each other all the time. And now that was their little town. And now it could be the universe. So because everybody's on these apps. So the idea of um, showing people how to spend time with someone, how, how to talk to people and things like that is something we concentrate on a lot. All right. Super. Well, you know, Ben, as an actor, you've played some morally compromised characters. Let's put it that way on Parks and Rec and on House of Lies. Uh, did the producers sure. of, of both shows ever let you just go with your improv skills much? I mean, you were a member of the Upright Citizens Brigade, so the, the writers could have just jotted down on the scripts Ben riffs now and it'd be fine, right? <laughs> I mean, luckily those two shows had incredible writing staff. So even if I didn't improvise at all, I'd be fine. But in Parks, uh, we did something called Fun Run. So after you do the scripted stuff, they would let you just go nuts. They'd be like, all right, we got everything we need. We have one more. Do you just want to go crazy? And so my character was kind of crazy to begin with. So the idea of having the ability to do that and really have fun with that stuff um, was amazing. But honestly, the writing staff on Parks will be go down as one of the best writing staffs of all time. 
the people that wrote for that show are all legends now. Yeah, you had, you had good chemistry with Aziz. I mean, that was uh, that was funny stuff. He's so funny. I love watching how you know he's gotten so big and so hilarious. He sold out MSG to do stand up. It's incredible watching his career. He's having such a good time. Right. Well, you're a comedy writer yourself. As as in the past, you've done some work what on Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update, and also you worked on Letterman Show too, right? Yeah, so I was a page at Letterman, which means I just showed people like where the bathroom was and stuff like that. And then I worked it to be a, a freelance writer, which means, I don't even know if these exist anymore, but you, I faxed in um, monologue jokes every day, 15 every day. And then, you know, if you use one, you get paid for it. And same with Weekend Update, just a freelance writer. And then from there, I wrote, I wrote on Robot Chicken, and then I sold about four screenplays to big studios. Um, so writing has always been like a big thing for me because in my head, writing, you can always do. You make your own opportunities. You can always be writing. For acting, you have to wait for someone to have a role and you know audition for it and get it. So to keep kind of my career more in my hands, writing and creating my own stuff has been incredibly helpful. Yeah, but I, I was thinking that there'd be so much pressure being a comedy writer. I mean, what if you aren't feeling especially funny some days, but they still expect you to sit in front of a computer and crank out hilarious stuff? I mean, it's it's that's the biggest thing. That you almost you almost turn it into like work, where every time. When I was writing those jokes, it would be, I would have to wake up at six in the morning and I'd have to get them in by like seven or something like that. So Dang. for me, it was just like, when you get up, it's work. You look at things, if you don't feel inspired, sometimes you just push yourself to get through it. And then if you do feel inspired, sometimes jokes come so quickly, it's like amazing. And then sometimes it takes forever to get them through. Yeah, really, I'm on the latter end of when I try to be humorous on this show. But anyway, uh, Spud. Yes. Uh, well, I, I'm always ready to supply funny jokes for the show, but you never use them. Uh, hey, man, just give me a second here. Now, why would I use any jokes you come up with? You have no sense of humor. Your jokes are horrible. Oh, I would strongly disagree with that. Humor, as you may know, is a very subjective. A and though you may not find my jokes funny, I'm certain our listeners would really enjoy hearing them from time to time. Y you know, a change of pace from what you bring to the table, so to speak. Uh, I may not be hilarious on the air, but your knock-knock jokes could get this studio firebombed. Oh. You, Gerald Holcomb, are the least funny person in the world. I mean, there could be someone less funny in, say, Saudi Arabia or Yemen, but I doubt oh, it. Yes, but you are right about that. Gerald, what? as the show's designated laugher, I can only do so much. No way I could bring myself to laugh at your stuff. Well, let me tell you, my family feels I'm extremely funny. Oh. They, they are constantly cracking up when I tell a joke or two at the dinner table. That cannot be fake. Ah, uh, sure it can. No. Watch a freaking network sitcom, okay? Now let me get back to Ben. All right, I've returned. Sorry about that. Yes, sir. That sounds great, bud. Well, what's your take on sitcoms with, like, laugh tracks? For me, that's a deal breaker. I hear one can laugh and I'm on to C-SPAN 2, as nothing is more annoying and insulting than someone telling me when to laugh. Oh, my goodness. What a big change to go from a sitcom to C-SPAN C -SPAN 2. Um, for me, it's so funny because I don't, I don't watch um, multicam shows that have laugh tracks uh, anymore, but... To be fair, some of my favorite shows in the universe had those. Like, I love Cheers and Seinfeld's incredible. In the 90s? All those, all. Yeah, but then, so this is something that I always talk about with people out here. Um, because I, I, you know, I, I like, I watch more single camera shows like you're talking about. But, um, so what what do you think makes those shows uh, work and buzz and you still love those and are able to rewatch them? But nowadays you have trouble watching it. What do you think it is? Um, I guess I grew up and, uh, like, uh... I don't know. Uh, 
that's a really, I can't really articulate why, but it's just insulting to me. I, I can't really to, to, to nail the, the genesis of how I came to the, to the part where I just can't handle it. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because it's the same thing for me. I find myself not watching as much, but there's got to be, you know, if like, if Seinfeld got the show or if, if like, if Shandling was, was still alive, who I think is one of the best yes. people in the universe, yes. and Larry Sanders' show happened to be multicam. I mean, uh, I mean, it would never have been, but you know what I mean? If there was a creator that I really loved um, that made something, I would watch it regardless of if it's multi or uh, single. But I do agree. I, I find myself watching um, almost totally single cam stuff and no lab tracks. Right. All right. Well, let me, let me end on this. Ben Schwartz, what has been your most memorable moment as a human being on Earth? Oh, my God. What a big question. I'm a big guy. The most, mem- the most memorable moment on Earth? Yes. Uh, <laughs> In, like, 15 words or less. Yeah. In 15 words or less? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, just because we're talking comedy right now, there's little moments. This isn't the most memorable thing in my, in my life, but just in terms of comedy, um, just because we're talking about it, if I had to put it to just that, there was a moment when I first started doing comedy at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater um, with two of my friends, Adam Pally, Gil Ozeri. And um, the moment when we first started to get real laughs and people were coming to our shows because they like thought we were funny. Um, that I'll never forget the beginning. The beginning is always the, the most fun because you have absolutely nothing. Nobody cares about you yet. You're just hustling so hard. So when you start to get a payoff and start to see people maybe uh, like the content you're putting out, um, I remember like uh, we had a show where it was us versus another team and we won and the three of us were so happy It was like we won the lottery. It was like the biggest thing in our lives at the time So um, those moments in the beginning are stuff. I'll never forget about all righty. Well, thank you for that Well, once again, of let course. me say you have a new book out titled things you should already know about dating you f- idiot Thanks so much for calling into our show Of course, man. Have a great day. Mr. Ben Schwartz 我正在聽Spot Goodman Show My! How time flies! Hey, uh, has your wife texted you today? Oh, well, I'd, I'd rather not divulge details of our communications if you don't mind, Spud. Uh, Gerald, women don't respond well to pressure, but they also don't respond well to distance. You might want to reach out later. Yeah, I've always had a tough time figuring out how much is too much or too little. Women are one confusing puzzle. That's ridiculous. I know, Spud. I'm speaking to Gerald here. Patience is what I would suggest. um, Uh, Well, hey, wait a sec. Look. uh, What? Your wife? No, his wife. Your wife is on the line, dude. Can't you see them saying to take the call? Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw, but I, I'd rather not wow. do that because I, I don't want to... Look, wanna... you cried. You cried. I heard it last night about not being able to spoon with her. And you're not going to talk to her on the phone now? Well, not with everyone listening. No, I, I don't feel comfortable. Stop being awake! Okay, Gerald, you might want to take the call. This could be your only shot, you know. Sometimes in life there are no do-overs. She's right, dude. Take well, the freaking call. Put Hey, put her through. Ra- Rachel, Ra- this is Spud. Spud, yeah, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. And I'd like to talk to my husband if, uh, if that's okay. Sure, absolutely. He's sitting right here next to me. Go ahead. Oh, oh. Hi, honey. Um, uh, I've been listening to the show, and I just want to say I really miss you. Why haven't you responded to my calls or my texts? Wait, 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 wait. You've been texting and calling him? 
Well, I, yeah, I'm so sorry, Gerald, and I can promise that this uh, issue will well, will never come up again. Oh, okay, Rachel, this is not the time or place to have this discussion. Well, so when will you make the time to sit down and, and talk this thing through? I have a whole bunch of things. Well, say, I just need a few minutes of your time. Just, is all. just say it on this flipping radio show. God knows we need something interesting on it. Spud, do yes. not get into the middle of this, or you yeah. will regret it. Look, look, honey, I've disposed of uh, it. I put oh, uh, it in the garbage yesterday, okay? It? I had no idea this uh, marital aid would cause this sort of reaction from huh. you. You know, my, my friends have told me it really helped their romantic life after so many years of marriage. And it only makes common sense. Okay, please, please. I will call you later, and we can talk about this, but not live on the radio show, okay? Well, okay, but you told me that you were going to call me the last two days, so I, I just had no choice but to reach out to you where I knew you couldn't avoid me. Uh, sweetie, the kids really miss you, too. Uh, you know, Gerald Jr. had an accident last night for the first time since he started high school. Oh, well, that... Okay, that's unfortunate. Tell him mm -hmm. I will I will call him hey, later. If I could butt in here for a moment, you know all this time I thought you were kicked out by your wife. And now I learn you split because of some what? Uh, a marital aid? What the hell's a marital aid again? Can you keep a secret? Uh, well, at this point, okay, well, it's actually called the Ultra Mega Rabbit SL. It had a USB charging port, and it wasn't cheap, so disposing of it did really give me pause. But, Gerald, if you don't believe I threw it away, you can check the garbage can. You know the garbage doesn't get picked up until the day after tomorrow. Rachel, it, what if somebody from our church is listening right now? How did you Who suddenly cares? become so comfortable with all this boudoir talk? I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. You never used to be like this. It, I gotta say, it's very disconcerting. Uh, well, um, it was my friends from church who recommended it. <laughs> I, I guess it's really popular I right laughing, now. Uh, listen, dude, you're complaining about your wife bringing sex toys into the bedroom? What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, grown adults do not play with toys, I be Spud. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. And, and that is the only thing I'm going to say about this. Uh, Rachel. I promise I will call home after the show, okay? But we have got to go now. We're out of time, but I'd be willing to stay on the air if, Rachel, you want to talk a little bit more about this Ultra Omega Rabbit. This is going to be cool. Uh, I don't think that's a very good idea. But um, bye, honey. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, okay? I love you. All right. I apologize to everyone right now listening, especially to anybody from my church, and, and also to my co-workers at my other place of employment, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. Hey, I'm going to give you a pass for working in that free plug for your other job, given given the circumstances. But And by the way, i, I got to ask, why apologize? There's no need. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. Well, Just chill and let me sign off here. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here are the Moberlies. <laughs> One, two, three, last night, last night. I think it was hell last night. Last night, last night, I said no, it was hell last night. 
Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director TJ Pites. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Keeper. Keeper.